You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. <laughs> That's how we'll start. Madison just said there were zero lead changes and then giggled. That's my first time I'm looking at this, and I'm like, <laughs> That's really all we need to say with this game. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to the OKC82 <laughs> podcast. This is Brady Trantham with Madison Morris to my left giggling. And then in between us is our good trusty friend, Mr. Intern DP, also known as Derek Parker. Is it Parker? Yes. Oh, good, good. I remember. <laughs> Um, your uh, your ability to go fetch Jerry Ramsey Coke Zeros is uh, indescribable. <laughs> Impeccable. But, Thank but, you. But really, overall, did Derek did a great job getting uh, Warriors coverage. But I'm sure everybody on our timelines were like, "We're uh, stop with the Warriors, please," <laughs> because uh, Thunder fans got a good look at how the Warriors, how good the Warriors were before they got Kevin Durant. Because it was the this was a Splash Brothers game. It was a lot of fun to watch. And then you throw in. Of course, the fifth all-star that they've added, Boogie Cousins, really kind of negated what, you know, I saw during the game a lot. Everybody was saying um, if the Thunder had an edge over the Warriors over the last year and a half, it was because they were a little bit tougher. They had more grit. Um, Steven Adams was a mismatch against the Warriors. You add Boogie to that, it kind of goes away, and it really showed itself with the Warriors outscoring the Thunder 40-27 to in the first quarter. So, Madison, um, just – what happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a great question because this game was kind of like a, okay, very explosive from the get-go, but not exactly on the Thunder's end. It was extremely explosive for the Warriors. And, I mean, I think a lot of people expected it to be like that just because everyone knows how talented this team is and you're a fool to think that they're not. Uh, but the Warriors really came out just hitting – everything they needed they were very timely they had uh, guys like clay thompson and steph curry who obviously are these wicked talented shooters and they were just able to really make a lot of their shots fall um they really put the thunder to the test tonight and i mean paul george said it best in his post-game interview he basically just said you know it wasn't really anything like a defensive pressure that the warriors were putting on them it was that shots just weren't falling and it was just kind of a game where that was bound to happen and so it was just kind of a weird thing to watch just because i think oh my gosh it wasn't even like halfway through the first quarter and the warriors were already up by 12 it was like 24 to 12 and i think billy donovan was just continually calling like panic timeouts thinking like what the heck is going on I think everyone in this arena was very confused including myself and it was just it was a bad performance um, from the Thunder just like to start off the game yeah they had some pretty good moments throughout the game where they were able to bring it within oh gosh like nine or eight but it, it, it just didn't look good it looked like a basic doom from the beginning and that's what it was because Brady and I were laughing about this before the, we even started recording the podcast, there were no, like, tie or lead changes or anything. I think there was, like, one tie, and that was probably when it was, like, 6-6 six to six or something. I don't know. I think it was probably 0-0. Zero to zero. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the Thunder I think the thunder in the second quarter, maybe, probably the second quarter, because to be honest, um, and we'll get to Russell Westbrook's game in a few minutes, yeah, um, but pretty much once Russ hit was 1-15, of 15, I started looking up numbers, and this was, like, in the tail end of the third quarter into the fourth. By that point, the game was over. I stopped paying attention. But, yeah, I think in the second quarter, um, the Thunder got it to within seven on a Jeremy Grant dunk, or it might have been an Adams put-back dunk. 
and two straight misses by the Thunder plus two straight makes by the Warriors. Like it just that's how that that kind of period of the game went along. Third quarter they would make a run and the Warriors would of course hit some timely shots, but um, really it's it's going to come down like what everyone's going to talk about of course is just one of the worst games from Russell Westbrook that um he's had some bad shooting performances and he can he's so talented that he'll have bad shooting performances but he'll still have positive fingerprints all over the game now of course it can always be the other hand where he's not only shooting bad but he's having a bad game overall tonight was one of those and I mean Derek it just it was hard to watch. I mean, he was, I think, what, was he 0 for 7, 0 for 8? He Did was he? 0 for 7. He was 0 for 7. And just, um, I mean, what's, when was the last time Russ played like this? I honestly cannot remember. You tweeted out some of those those scores, and I think, was it 2013 was, like, the most recent yeah, time? Yeah, and, like, that was kind of half-assed, quick research. And I'm sure he's had games where he's shot, like, 8 of 39. So, yeah, he's missed he missed way more shots than the, number, than the games I was looking at. But I was looking at for, like, the the one-furs, the o-furs, the mm-hmm. two-furs. And, yeah, he had an o for 13 uh, game, I believe. I tweeted it out, so just check it out on my timeline. But I think he had an o for 13 game in 2012, 2011 at Memphis and it was a win and he only hit six <laughs> points but yeah it was just it was a game that I thought early on when the Thunder were down double digits I kind of liked that Russell wasn't super aggressive and not jacking up shots because that's typically when we see Russell wanting to jack up all the threes I thought he played relatively under control considering you know this was Golden State and we've seen Russell get kind of too overhyped but as the game wore along I kind of found myself going he probably should have jacks some stuff up because it nothing was I mean obviously I don't think it would have made that much of a difference but I thought his lack of aggression was really um, telling early on I, uh, and then of course uh, I mean Madison what everyone's going to be talking about now I mean he next questioned us in the locker room of yeah. course um, picked up his 16th technical um, nothing Yikes. is official right now but all signs are pointing to uh, no Russell Westbrook versus the Miami Heat on Monday night that just like that's such a bummer right there because I mean I thought it was a pretty good question I think it was Royce Young who asked him did you know that you had your 15th and that would be your 16th and you would have to face a one game suspension and he just said next question um, I don't know if Russell was completely aware of that because I think they're he, they're aware they're all aware they all know right. their numbers they all it just ha- it's just like weird because you know why would you why would you put yourself in a position to where you wouldn't be able to help out your team uh, when you're going to be home for a second straight game you know why would you do that and why would you let emotions just kind of spiral out of control and so I mean. Uh, definitely not dogging on Russell Westbrook right now, but, I mean, he has been kind of a creature of habit when it comes to letting his emotions spiral a little bit, and he's very animated on the court if he disagrees with something. So, I mean, yeah, it was just kind of a shame that it had to come to that. So I don't know what exactly will come out of this. If he does end up getting that one-game suspension, it will be against the Heat, like Brady said, on Monday. And um, I don't know. I mean, if he's only going to finish with, what, seven points tonight, something like that, I mean, it, is it going to make much of a difference? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I mean, if he's going to play like this on Monday like he did tonight, I mean, it might not make too much of a difference. But then again, that's a leader for this team, and he's just not going to be out, out, uh, out on the court. So I'm going to – I'm going to go ahead and say what everyone is thinking. This <laughs> loss tonight is on the Loves patch. That's, oh. that's the reason. That's the yep, reason the Russ Thunder shot are that. now officially 0-1 with the, with patch. the patch. And um, we're sitting all the way up in uh, uh, Cloud City, Derek and I. And Madison, I think you were in first half, you were down a little bit closer in 103. Um, but, yeah, you could just you could see a bright 
yellow circle. <laughs> it looks like a circle when you're that high, but you could definitely yeah. see it from that far away. But, um, you know, I thought going into the game that, it, you know, I said, I think I said it on the radio on our show this morning or this afternoon, whenever, the, whenever, whenever time we were it was. Whenever radio. Um, I thought, like, hey, it could, it could blind Steph Curry and Clay Thompson <laughs> and, uh, you, know, you know, tonight. It is a very bright patch, but it was the complete opposite of that. The Warriors were just, you know, they, they weren't just on fire in, in the first quarter and the first half overall. They were feet like Clay was Clay Thompson was feeling it because his first three threes came really early in the right. shot clock. It was just like this is the arena where I cemented myself with that game <laughs> six performance into the Hall of Fame, into like NBA like legend. And I'm feeling it. I'm gonna do it right now. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take this shot. And they were just falling for Golden State. But uh, concerning Russell, you know, he um, Eric Horn from the Oklahoma asked him a good, a pretty good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, had really nothing to do with the foul, but. I thought it was kind of indicative of, like, just Russell's inability to be aware of, like, yeah, he probably knows he has 15 texts, but right. you, you, the inability for him to control the emotion there in the moment. Um, Eric was asking him, like, do you have to do, you have to approach the game a little bit differently because teams are sagging off on you so much on offense? And Russell, of course, answered with, have I, in 11 years, have I changed? And everyone just kind of went, no. And it just moved on from there with the questions. But that's not a good thing, Russell. Right. I mean, yeah, there, there's some there's some nobility in not changing your character. There's some nobility in, um, I guess, playing at that level for so long. There, there's a lot, a lot of good to be said for that. But do, you need to adapt. You need to evolve as a player while whilst constantly improving. And, guys, um, it's... I don't know. It's just it's really disappointing to see that, especially in a game like this where the game it was well in hand for the Warriors. You get a technical like that. You get a technical, your 16th technical, that you'll now miss Monday night's game. It's just that's not what you want to see. And considering how this team has performed since the All Star break, it's just it's really bad. It's, it's, it's yeah. really bad. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, I gosh, I kind of lost my train of thought for a minute, but. I agree with what you're saying. I think that Russell picking up this tech was just a little careless. And with, yes, I mean, I agree when you guys say that it's a good thing that maybe his game hasn't changed too much over 11 years because he's very confident in his game and he's very consistent at the same time. But Brady and I kind of talked about this very briefly, uh, like walking outside the locker room or something like that. But um, this is a very evolving sport like this is this sport is not the same it was 11 years ago things are different Uh, there's different foul calls there's different approaches to the game there's different people playing the game now there's just a lot more younger guys there's a lot more energy obviously um, like some of the officiating has changed that's not me knocking on it Um, but it's just this game is changing a lot and I don't I, I don't know I think it's very important to evolve with the game rather than stay stagnant in it because then you're not exactly evolving and growing yourself so I mean yes credit to Russell for kind of stick or sticking with who he is how he approaches the game how he shoots his shots how he does all of that to be the basketball player that he is but I mean you also kind of have to go with the times and kind of understand that you're constantly growing in this sport and you're constantly evolving as a player and as an individual so I mean it kind of was almost like a frustrating thing like have I changed in 11 years no well maybe you should a little bit not in a way to where you're completely changing things and becoming a different player because he's a fantastic player that's no secret 
But, I mean, I, I feel like you should always want to be getting better. You should always want to be growing in this sport and learning more about yourself as a player and as an individual, but also as a teammate. Yeah, I mean, it's just the other thing is just being smart in the moment. And yeah. Russell is a very emotional player, and it feeds into why – it's just another factor as to why he's such a great player is because he plays that out of control, in control all the time. It's But at the same time, in, in one week, he is now – He's lost his cool. Now, mm-hmm. the the incident with the Jazz fan on Monday night, I think everybody by this point kind of understands the basic human reaction of why Russell decided to say those things back to that fan. Absolutely. Um, so that that's a completely that's different a situation. Different thing, but when yeah. you factor that in with Russell just time and time again losing his cool and you know, getting that cheap foul because he believes he got the foul or he should have been called um, a foul for him to get to the free throw line or picks up a technical like when he has 15, it's just, it's, you know, that's not what you need from your leader and Derek. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I mean, I don't know. It's it's just really fascinating because in a way you want Russell to change in that respect. But, um, I mean, overall, it's it's not going to affect the Thunder moving. Like, he'll be suspended. They'll make, it, they'll make the playoffs, I think. <laughs> they'll, they'll definitely make the playoffs. But, I mean, with the way that they're playing since the All-Star break, I mean, they just haven't been able to put it together. And um, with Russell kind of playing this emotional roller coaster in this, this whole week, it's just a little troubling, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's it's really not good. That's not what the team needs to focus on right now is Russell's antics, I guess. They really need to be focusing on bettering themselves for the playoffs. And I think they're, they're pretty unfocused right now in, in that respect. Yeah, it's uh, it's just... I don't. I don't know. Like I talked talked to a few people from the Thunder, not players, but um, there are a few people that thought like, "Wow, this was surprising." Like I thought that there was. I thought this was going to be a better performance. I, I certainly said um, thought so as well. I think I also said that on the show this morning. It really had nothing to do with the fact that Kevin Durant wasn't going to play. I mean, this is still a team loaded with all stars, all stars galore, future Hall of Famers. Um, it's it's no. You, you don't beat Golden State without Kevin Durant, and then you have to sit there and hear, well, we didn't have KD. It's like, no, you guys still had quite a few. Yeah. It, you don't get to pull that that excuse. So, um, I mean, I'm a little – I'm frankly, I'm very disappointed just because I expected a much better game. But, you know, Golden State can do this. And the, um, I something that I was kind of thinking of during the game before I kind of lost interest was um, – I wonder if Billy kind of harping on this team to stop fouling, stop fouling. That's something that I've been like really adamant about with this team moving forward. Is if they're gonna, you know, if they're gonna go through the playoffs and have another first round exit, I think we can. All, we'll probably at that point we'll probably all look back and say, yeah, it's because they cannot uh, foul. They cannot defend without fouling. And I'm wondering if there was such an overcorrection tonight that it kind of, I guess, lessened their aggression because. Yeah, Golden State, you know, with the Splash Brothers, with Curry and Clay, it's, it's really hard to kind of wreak havoc in passing lanes. But in these first two games uh, against the Warriors this year, the Thunder, I think, uh, about 40 turnovers in those two games that they forced against the Warriors. And tonight, um, I think they only had seven steals as a team. Uh, Paul George didn't really do anything in passing lanes. And then you look at the foul, the foul count, the Thunder only called for 18 fouls. Mm-hmm. And that's such a far cry from what we've seen these last few games. So I'm wondering if there was just a little bit of a too much, you know, listening to the to the mantra of stop fouling 
and I wonder if it played into the Thunder's uh, lack of defensive aggression tonight. I mean, I think a lot of just different things kind of played into the way that they approached this game. Um, obviously, it's going to throw them off, not having Kevin Durant out there. I think they were pretty prepared for that because, I mean, it was no secret that he'd been having a little bit of ankle trouble. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think right now, at this point in the season, this team has a lot of things flying their ways. They have a lot of, like, after every single game, there's going to be a new problem that kind of presents itself. And uh, as of late, it's been, you know, be smart about your fouls, play better defense, don't be so sloppy, don't. Uh, make these fouls that are completely unnecessary and that will absolutely hurt you later on. And so I think that's something that that they have been focusing on. Um, right now, I think it kind of was weird. There were a, a couple of fouls. Like, there was a Jeremy Grant offensive foul where Draymond Green just yeah, absolutely. I, was actually, I wanted to just give him the Tony right there. I, I was actually wanting to get to that, too. That was really weird. That uh, was Jeremy weird. Grant, in the first quarter, um, he hits a shot right under the rim and uh, hit Draymond Green in the face, but it wasn't A, that hard, and B, it looked very incidental to me. It was like, extremely Jeremy, Jeremy was still looking up with the ball in his hands, and just try, and that was just his natural motion of his arms and his yes. hands coming down, and it just happened to be kind of grazing, hitting Draymond in the face, and then, of course, Draymond does his uh, acting job. and uh, Lays on um, the floor for an extensive the, amount of time. Yeah, I'm the, like, are you kidding? The play was reviewed, and that's common. You know, I thought at worst they're going to give him a flagrant one, um, but they not only gave Jeremy Grant an offensive foul after the foul wasn't even called in the first place, which is rare, mm-hmm. um, and I've never seen that happen. They also waived the basket, which right. makes sense because if it's an offensive foul, then there's no basket. So um, Billy was actually asked about that, and he just basically said uh, what I just said and then and then mentioned, you know, every officiating crew is different. You're going to have different people that, in, that um, interpret things on the floor differently that kind of makes sense because we're talking about human we're just talking about human thought and human uh, interpretation there but like these guys are all supposed to have uniform you know they're supposed to follow a uniform code of rules and then it just brings back you know I think Royce Young um, from ESPN mentioned it on uh, during the game um, was the play where Andrew Wiggins absolutely hit Nerlens Noel in the face, yes. causing him to fall to the ground and hit his head on the floor, which sent him in an ambulance um, out of the arena minutes later. That wasn't reviewed. Right. And it just it just brings up the whole theme of inconsistency with the officiating. Now, tonight, the Thunder did not lose because of officiating. Uh, the Thunder did not lose because of officiating against the Pacers. They yeah. lost because of, because of themselves. Yes. Um, but just weird that was it was, it was weird. weird yeah it was extremely weird I just I was actually down here because I was still taking pictures at that time and I it was just so weird because they kept replaying it on the big screen and it looked so not innocent but it just looked very um like Brady said accidental and it didn't look um I don't know awful at all malicious. or malicious yes that's a great word it did not look malicious and Draymond Green was just on the floor for a good like two or three minutes acting like he had just broken a wrist or something. So it was just, I don't know. I feel like right now uh, where this league is, there's a lot of just falsifying things and it's a little, uh, it's a little childish. It's just kind of stupid because it's very, uh, if I pull this big stunt of, Ooh, I'm hurt. Ooh, I'm upset about something. Then maybe I can get uh, two extra free throws. I'm just like, this is ridiculous. It's just, Absolutely insane, and I think that's where this league is right now, and I think that's something that's very wrong with it. But that was kind of like a hot take for me. Yeah. Derek, can you act that well? No. 
You nope. can't. No. Nope. I can. I can definitely milk something for a very long time. <laughs> um, I, I know uh, the podcast is an audio medium, so I'll just describe it. Derek's wearing a really badass mustard yellow sweatshirt. <laughs> I gotta commend the young lad on his uh, style tonight. My acting skills might not be up there, but my mustard wearing skills. There's, Your uh, mustard yeah, skills. Yeah, I, I do. I do appreciate it. Um, and then Madison, of course, is rocking a camo jacket in black dress and this whole night I'm just like where's her torso <laughs> floating head I see her legs Brady head. has made about a hundred dad jokes about my camo jacket tonight look I'm getting older <laughs> I just ran a 40 yard dash this morning and I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm having like a midlife crisis right now yeah oh, it's happening I need to lose like 20 pounds and just get back to high school <laughs> you want to go ahead and tell uh the fans of the OKC 82 podcast what your time was what your 40 time was? oh maybe maybe later no I ran a 5-9 <laughs> see like Solid. that's when we'll know that people are actually listening to the show like all the way through because tomorrow or in the next 24 hours to 48 hours I better get like a whole bunch of like you ran a five nine. <laughs> Give them all the grief, people. Now, to be fair, John Ham ran like a six five. Yeah, he did. Like, which, uh, yeah, which he is about six foot five. He's a very tall, tall human being. Yeah, he's a tall man. Um, but yeah, um, Brady. Okay. I didn't even run it because I had because you're Kyler Murray. Because yeah, you're... that <laughs> and I had the demon omelet thing this morning that really just messed with my stomach and I was so sick throughout the entire show so I just let Brady and John take it away they did great uh, uh, well I'm trying to think Sur- surely there was something else from this game um, um, I, mean, I mean not really because it was such a it was such a thrashing and yeah. not once did I think the Thunder were going to make it interesting uh, the only way they could have made anything happen is if Russell just caught fire Paul was happened. Paul. There was nothing really spectacular with Paul George tonight. I mean, he didn't really have it on the defensive end, which kind of that's that's his thing. He he does so well on defense, and it feeds into his offensive game. He was nine of twenty five tonight. Had twenty nine points, but he had eleven um, free throw attempts, made seven of them, uh, thirteen rebounds, which is really nice to see. Um, Jeremy Grant eleven points, and that's it for the Thunder starters in double fig, double figures. And in fact, there's only yeah. three Thunder players in double figures. The third one was Dennis Schroeder, who Really, probably the spark of this game that really helped the Thunder claw back within, you know, you know, like a 10, 11-point deficit to a, um, eight, nine, seven-point deficit. Yeah. It was really Schroeder. Schroeder came off the bench and looked like the sixth man that he needs to be, and he looked like the Dennis Schroeder that was playing prior to the All-Star break. And um, in a potential series with the Golden State Warriors, if the Thunder are fortunate enough to make it that far – you need to have a Dennis Schroeder performance like this. The only problem is is they uh, also need to have Russell Westbrook not go 2 for 16, 0 for yeah. 7 from oh, the 3-point line. And it's painful. I mean, I mean, guys, I know Russell's been shooting very, very well um, since the All-Star break, but I think we all understood that, yeah, that, that ain't going to last. Yeah. That's just not who he is. And with the way some teams are able to pack the paint, that, that that's what you're going to see in the postseason. That's what Utah was able to do. It completely took the Thunder out of their uh, comfort zone in the playoffs last year. That's what Golden State did tonight with Boogie and just their length and athleticism, kind of similar to what the Thunder are able to do. Um, if Russell isn't allowed to just get into the paint and find shooters or get to the rim on his own, yeah, you got to start praying that he goes three of five, five of seven from the three-point mm-hmm. line because if not, then you're going to have to pray that Paul George – drops 38 points on very cool efficient shooting because otherwise 
it's going to be ugly. I will say that a 110 to 88 loss for the Thunder with Russ shooting that bad is way less demoralizing than a 110 to 88 loss with Russ having 20 or 30 points, you know, because then it's it's a, a much deeper issue than just, oh, well, Russ had a, a bad night shooting. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I mean, Paul had 29 points, but of course it was they were 29 empty points just because he was 9 of 25. 29 points on 25 attempted shots. Um, yeah, like I guess that's the most optimistic approach I can take from this game mm-hmm. is that the Thunder shot so poorly, and at times I'm like, I, I'm so surprised they're down by 16 or 15. I found yeah. myself going, wow, they're, if they just go on like a quick 8-0, run, like this is a ball game. Right. And this whole time I've just been – like, let's hurry up and get to the locker room. Let's hurry up and get next question by Russ so that I can go home. Because I think we all want to go home. Um, Russell surely will be home on Monday night um, when the Miami Heat and Dwayne Wade will make Brady their Brady smiled fi- when he said that. <laughs> Dwayne Wade will make his final appearance in Chesapeake Brady's Energy Arena. so excited, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, don't, I totally understand. Everybody should be excited. He's, he's one a, of the greats. It's exciting. He's one of the greats. And to see him play, like, one more game here in Chesapeake, that's actually a pretty big deal. Derek, that's exciting. Dwayne Wade was my favorite player growing up. Um, him or Alonzo Mourning. Um, who is your favorite player? You're still in the process of growing up. It is, uh, <laughs> without question, LeBron James. LeBron, oh, yeah, Not LeBron James close. Enthusiast is how you titled yourself. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Madison, who is yours? Uh, you know, I don't really have one uh, just because I didn't focus on one player. I really did enjoy watching Kobe Bryant um, just because of who he was and kind of the name. And Who's that? don't make that face at me, Derek. Um, I don't, <laughs> Kobe I really, Stan versus LeBron Stan right now. It's crazy. I really did enjoy watching um, Kobe Bryant. But another, it was kind of more of like a trio I enjoyed watching. Um, I actually, you, you guys will both love this. I really loved watching um, Dwayne Wade. LeBron James and Chris Bosh mm-hmm. in uh, Miami. Amen. I really liked that trio right there. That was actually really fun for me to watch. And I forgot what series it was, but that's kind of when I really like fell in love with watching that trio when they were all at Miami together. And so, I mean, yeah. It couldn't have been against against Oklahoma City. No, I couldn't <laughs> no, have su- been. Surprisingly for me, um, now in my more recent years i've grown to really love and respect lebron james's game yeah um, for sure like he is he's the best player in the world there's there's no there's question no about it um but i will admit uh, when he went to when i was younger i wasn't that big of a fan of his and it wasn't like i, I think kobe's better i think Le- uh, michael jordan's better it wasn't any of that crap right. it was just i just don't like how dramatic he is yeah mm-hmm. and so when he went to the miami heat i kind of i kind of checked out as a heat fan for a few years i was like ah, wow. I, I just can't do this, this i is, totally get it this is too manufactured and too extra and um is that kevin durant in that red cap oh probably so i think that's kd what do you know small world why are they still here well, i think their uh, flight was canceled their flight's still yeah. delayed uh, is, no, I don't think that's Kevin. Nope. No, he, he was spotted wearing a, a red cap, though, earlier. Those so. are funky pants, Astute man. observation. Yeah, Kevin, I guess, watched the game in the locker room, which makes sense. I don't blame him on that one. I don't blame him. Yeah, there was like a, a split-second moment when the game started where I was like, is he going to be on the bench? No, he's not. There's no he's way. He's going to yeah. be in the locker room. There's no room. way. Silly I would sit in the locker room if I were him. Um, but I guess with that, um, let's take it to the question segment because um, – Next question. We should call it the next question the segment. The next question next segment. Question. <laughs> we need next to get question. the uh, – we just actually just need to get a uh, – and this would require more audio. This would 
excuse me, this would require more production, and uh, we both know that I'm very, very lazy. <laughs> or we all know there's three of us, not both. See how tired I am? So let's get to the damn questions. Um, let's see here. Tiffany, at Amore underscore Tiffany, says, what's with this team and frustration fouls? Their best player is Russell Westbrook. That's what was with this team and frustration fouls. It yes. trickles down. And it's mainly Russ. At times it could be Paul. At times it could be Dennis Schroeder. Uh, pretty much every like Grant, Adams, they don't necessarily do it. Um, I mean, uh, stopping a fast break is not a frustration foul. Right. But, you know, not getting a call that you think you should have got and then just hacking somebody's arm that doesn't have the ball, that's <laughs> that's a frustration foul. So, yeah, when your best player is Russ, that's, it trickles, trickles yeah, down. Yeah, and it, I feel like these guys really feed off of Russell and kind of the way that he plays his game. And, um, I mean, they always sing just nothing but praises about him in the locker room. So I feel like that's kind of carrying over to them, picking up a lot of frustration fouls because, I mean, exactly what Brady said. You, we see it a lot from guys like Dennis and um, – I don't know, I guess, yeah, you kind of see it from, like, Terrence a couple of times, too. And I think Terrence's are more of, like, a, oh, shoot, like, I shouldn't have done that. That was kind of stupid. But I definitely think, like, Paul, Russell, and uh, Dennis are pretty bad about just kind of whatever. I'm frustrated at this, so I'm just going to foul the heck out of you right now. So which it's is, kind of which interesting. Which is mean. That's, it's really mean. It's mean. Don't do that. <laughs> like, don't hit people. <laughs> um, yeah. Next one from one of our Next favorite. Next question. Next question. <laughs> from one of our favorite listeners, question askers, subscribers, Ben Noble, at Ben R. Noble one He has the what? best question. He does. Fair. He does because they're, like, usually paragraphs, so it gives us a lot to kind of digest. Yeah. And uh, he really keeps us honest. Thanks, um, Ben. What do you think is the best offensive uh, reset button, in quotes, for when the game starts to get away from the Thunder? With this personnel, would you think the, the obvious answer is the pick and roll? Feels like this team sometimes gets away from their uh, tried-and-true basics to force what isn't there. Um, I think when a game like this starts, it really exposes the Thunder's weaknesses on offense because really what makes, really what makes them – so good as a team overall that we've seen this whole regular season is they force so many turnovers and then they lead the league in points off turnovers loose ball turnovers just they they lead the league in all those stats and it manufactures anywhere from 20 to at times 40 points a game and that's what makes their offense so dangerous is because their defense is at times their best offense so when a game starts like this there's really nothing that they can do because they don't have a team of knockdown shooters and unless Paul is just on which he can be. He's shown mm. to be that he can be on. Unless Paul's on, then um, yeah, there's not that much Billy Don can do except call timeout and then just pray that the team, the, the opponent goes cold. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, timeouts are very crucial because it is kind of like the reset button. It's kind of a time for them to just take a couple of deep breaths and uh, come back out a little bit more refreshed after they get their heads on straight. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I I wish I had a better answer for this question, but I think the I think these guys really need to find a way to at least personally find a reset button because if things are going to work and things are going to start spiraling out of control they're going to have to refocus themselves uh, and that's going to take a lot of maturity and um, just I, I don't know take a couple deep breaths out there I mean it's it's a long 48 minutes that these guys have to play on a nightly basis and um, especially coming into a game like the Warriors where they play at an extreme high level uh, all 48 minutes I mean, they're going to have to figure out ways to just compose themselves and really put it all out there on the court, and uh, that's 
that's just something they're gonna have to work on because right now it's not it's not going too hot to uh to attempt to answer your question i would say that the pick and roll is probably the best option that they have coming out of a timeout just because it's gotta go simplicity de- yeah that and deferring to stephen adams if someone's attention is on Stephen Adams, that leaves people like Paul George and Russell Westbrook open to more options. So, they had that. They actually had that really early. Adams, by like the third or fourth possession, um, Boogie could not guard him one on one. So Adams was forcing a double team. So for that t- for a time, for like a few seconds, it was like, oh yeah, this is what the Thunder do against the Warriors. Adams is just so good. And while Boogie can be a force physically on defense, he's not really known for his defense. So it makes sense. Yeah. He probably can't check Adams one-on-one, but they got away from that just mainly because the Warriors just kept hitting shots. And yeah. It just, it just becomes it becomes a point of, do you want to trade threes for twos? By all means, keep doing it. And, yeah, I guess that's what happens. Um, George Lynch at G Lynch 77 with a Pistol Pete avatar. Hey! Madison. We're friends. <laughs> Your level of concern that we have no half-court offensive identity Teams have made adjustments to our earlier play. When will Billy Donovan counter those adjustments? Um, kind of what we were just talking about with that previous question. Um, there's really not that much Billy can do. I mean, he's not just going to scrap and say, start running the Princeton offense. You know, <laughs> There's not that much he can do philosophically. It just really comes down to his best players need to make the plays that they've been making all year. And if they don't, this is a bad team. But you know, if you can flip the switch um, with Golden State, if Steph Curry and Klay Thompson don't hit their shots, Golden State's not that spectacular. But they hit their shots because they're they're legends. They're spectacular, and we got our um, first yawn of the uh, of the evening. <laughs> Sorry, I, I snuck some in. Y'all just I've been uh, stifling those pretty much the whole podcast, but I let that one slip. I apologize. Uh, but yeah, I mean, kind of along with what Brady said. I mean, Klay Thompson had twenty three tonight. Steph Curry had. 30 in three quarters and he picked up three more this was the third Um, this was the third time this season that Draymond Green has hit at least three threes oh yeah so it was just it it was almost like everything was kind of going right for the Warriors yeah there were a couple times where Steph Curry uh didn't have the best looks and he uh came up a little bit short but there was another time he was passed out of three and he didn't even look at the daggum basket and he just kind of like flick and it went in and it's just like you have to prepare for players like that because they do exist and they are in the form of Steph Curry. When and it's just it's crazy to me. When your uh, opponent's fifth best player is three of four from three, you're going to have a bad night probably. Uh, well, yeah, it's it just comes down to the, like, I mean, I don't know. Um, Thunder fans have wanted, like, a great off- of half-court offense for the last, I mean, ever since the team has been here. Um, they're just really not structured that way. They're they're so athletic that their best play is just on the on the break is, mm-hmm. and that really stems from their defense. So it's just as simple as what we've kind of been saying. If their defense isn't on, if they're not forcing turnovers, it's gonna be a long night unless their opponent just isn't doesn't have it. I think in the, like kind of that Utah game on Monday night, the beginning of the game at least, Oklahoma City wasn't necessarily forcing a lot of turnovers. Utah missed about every wide open three they yeah. hit. So these these situations can happen. You you cannot necessarily play up to your standard as a complete basketball team, but it really also comes down to your opponent. If they're hitting shots, it just it'll make you look better or worse. And Billy talks about that all the time. Um, but it's just you just you got to be on when you play Golden State. Yeah. And it's just the Thunder were just not on, and that you know what that happens to about every time every every team the Warriors play except for Phoenix the other night. Yeah. Um, at Nand Zero Alba Fernando Alba, 
On a scale of one to ten, how appealing is Mello right now? <laughs> I would say zero. I would love to have Mello in the locker room to ask questions to. Yeah, me too. I kind of <laughs> miss that I, I guy. miss asking questions to Carmelo Anthony. He's a joy to talk to. And even after very disappointing losses where it's like, it's probably because of you yep. that this team lost, he would still take the time, answer all the questions, and be look, at uh, you in the eye. look you in the eye and be very thoughtful with his answers. And it's like, oh, content, yay, click, 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 like, click. Oh, my gosh, I actually have things to use in my subscription now. Like, this is fantastic. But, yeah, um, I'm going to say maybe like a, I guess a one, <laughs> if anything. <laughs> no, uh, no offense to old Mellow, but... I mean, I don't really see him as being a crucial part of this team right now. If there's a player that the Lakers are staying away from right now, then we probably don't need anything to do with him because that place is just a dumpster fire right now. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your LeBron game. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that it's not going too hot for you right now, Derek. Um, Julius Reck at Julius underscore Reck also asked us a lot of great questions. What seed do you think the Thunder enter the playoffs in? Man, that is so hard to answer because this will literally change every single night. Um, the uh, Spurs actually beat the Blazers tonight. Um, the Thunder are only one game up of the Spurs in the loss column, and the Spurs have the tiebreaker over the Thunder. They only play three times this year. They've already played those three games. Um, yeah, the Thunder need to start winning some games now, and that's when yep. you know th- that game against Indianapolis is going to be – or Indiana – I, you got me to do I it. Know, I know. I did that the entire time. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, that's when those games like uh, the one against Indiana are going to come back and haunt you. And um, just a ga- games that the Thunder had in the bag, you just add two or three wins to this to this team. Um, they're still sitting pretty at the three seed, despite this really bad stretch of basketball since the All-Star break. And I guess, you know, if we're sitting here this time next year and the Thunder are doing the exact same thing, we're one more season away from a trend for Paul George and this team after the All-Star yep. break. It's it's not a trend yet. It's not a pattern yet, but we're, we're fixing to get there. I don't really know because, like Brady said, this changes with every single passing game because you never know, I mean – I don't, think gonna... I don't think they're going to get the sixth seed. I, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think, think they'll, they'll fall that past. Low, no. That's as much as I can project. I don't think they're falling past five. No, I, I agree with that. I think they're either going to kind of stay around like five or four. Or if something just magical happens, they might shoot up back to three and uh, just kind of live there and make home there. But, I mean, I don't know. Right now things are so unpredictable in this entire league with like the Suns defeating the Pelicans tonight and, I mean, Denver still staying pretty <laughs> – I did that you, could that was in, insane. Did you hear about what the Pelicans did? Yes, that was stupid. <laughs> they Chris Webbered themselves. They called timeout with no timeouts left and got a technical. Like what in the world? <laughs> like you got to be better than that. <laughs> I guess so, players don't know they have 15 technicals and teams don't know they don't have any timeouts left. These things are these things happen. These are human beings. People are just losing it right now, guys. <laughs> Everything's going downhill. Um, do we have any more? Oh yes, we actually do. Um, very faithful and great listener to not just, I guess, the OKC82 podcast, but 107.7 The Franchise, um, Kendall Ashback, says simply, next question, which is funny. And I, mit- one, Kendall. and I mentioned to him that we actually called this the next question segment, at least for tonight. We might do it for later, and I might do some extra production stuff for everybody's listening ears. But with that, we will sadly, I guess, sign up. Also, although we should mention the A-list stars in attendance tonight. 
We should because I got very starstruck by yeah. all of them. And it's not just people, um, famous people being here as fans, but there were also famous people that were here working that made Madison go, oh my God, she's I literally here. giggled so much and I got lightheaded a couple of times. So uh, Doris Burke was there rocking Doris a Burke cool red here. blazer and uh, I tried to persuade Madison to get a picture. I was too scared. I wimped out. Yeah, I, I almost pushed her forward, but... I think my heart would be like shattered if Doris had like turned me down. So instead of like... Which she wouldn't. I know. <laughs> I should have just done it. Maybe I'll get it. Probably not. <laughs> um, but and then Cassie Hubbard was here also. Big fan of her on ESPN Which as well. A lot of a uh, lot of people were excited about that. Yeah. That we were talking to. Oh, I'm we, sure. We, we will not mention, but a lot of she, people were very excited. <laughs> she's awesome. Uh, but also, um, James Marsden was here. Where'd he go? He went to the great OSU. Ohio State. Uh, Oklahoma State. Okay. okay. <laughs> Funny, funny. He is from Oklahoma, and uh, yeah, somewhere around there. And uh, he was in movies like The Notebook, The Loft, Hairspray. Um, he was in Westworld, wasn't he? Uh, something yes. like that. Yeah, he yeah. In, he's in like a bunch of random movies that people kind of forget about. But he's also oh, in Twenty Seven Dresses. You cannot forget about that one. Oh, he's of just fantastic. Is that your favorite movie, Derek? Um, I'm gonna have to go with The Notebook. Is that, no. is that the best Marsden no, flick? No, The Loft is. The Loft. That's my favorite Marsden movie. Is it on Netflix? It used to be. They took it off. Well, I'm, prob- it. I'm probably going to miss that one. Um, yeah, Marsden was here. Uh, Madison got lightheaded. I also saw, I think I saw Trey Young's dad, Rayford Young, uh, across the floor earlier on. Um, Star Studded Night here in the field. Yeah, I mean, Golden State comes out. I mean, Russell's family, entire family was here. I, um, I think I saw his dad, but I definitely saw his mom and his Russell's wife and um, brother post game mm-hmm. so, we saw yeah. a, a Kevin Durant doppelganger yeah, yeah. I guess we just saw Kevin Durant doppelganger KD was here he was Stranger in the locker things, room guys. <laughs> so many night. yeah um, yeah it's overall I don't like Golden State games just because it, it becomes a circus now if, yes. if they meet in the playoffs then I welcome the circus because it's the playoffs but uh, 70, 70th game of the year I'm just like let's just play let's, yep. let's watch the game and let's move on with our lives and so with that, we will sign off from the OKC82 podcast. Uh, Derek, thank you so much for joining us tonight. No problem. Really Thanks, fun. Derek. Um, is this your third game with us? Fourth game that you've been in the arena for? This is my third game, I believe. And I think we are one and two. Wow. So yep. you're somewhat bad luck. The Thunder are 0-3 when I uh, travel on the road qualified to cover the game. So uh, I guess for Thunder fans' sake, they probably don't want me to go on a first-round <laughs> series. Um, but yeah, thank you, Derek, once again. You've done a great job. Help us out a ton. Thanks so much. Uh, but for Miss Madison Morris, who also does a great job, uh, this is Brady Champ. I'm signing off from the podcast. Good night, everybody.